1: podcast to be named later. I am Chris Willis and I'm again joined by my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, we're closing in on Thanksgiving here. It's been pretty quiet the off season so far. I think things have gotten really rolling yet, but I hope you're doing well tonight.
2: What's up, Chris? It's always good to be on with you, buddy. Yeah, doing well. So like you said, we're kind of just waiting, kind of keep scrolling Twitter to see if any, any news breaks or, you know, kind of Alex. I will say November is typically the month that Alex moves pretty aggressively. He does like to get deals done early, so I would not be surprised if any moment something drops. But yeah, just kind of a wait and wait and see, and you know, enjoy some family and and college basketball this week. But yeah, there there'll be some news pretty soon. I have a I have a feeling.
1: Yeah, it'll be interesting. I think uh, I think once we get through Thanksgiving. Uh, And then, you know, maybe that period in between uh, Thanksgiving and the winter meetings, uh, you know, might see some might see some action there. I would be surprised at all. We're going to do things a little different tonight. We've been kind of skipping our mailbag segment, so we're going to hit on some uh, the arbitration stuff. And then and I think we're going to dive right into the mailbag if that if that works for you.
2: Yep. Sounds good.
1: All right. Arbitration came and went Uh, the deadline to tender tender contracts, Uh, no big surprises, I didn't think, for the Braves. In fact, going into that, it seemed like Tyler Matzik was the only guy that could be uh, on the bubble given his status with Tommy John surgery and he and the fact that he's going to be out all next all next season so I thought it was pretty cool that the Braves signed him to a two-year deal you know there's a lot of troubling signs with Matzik this year the shoulder issue then the elbow just didn't pitch anything like what we saw in 2021 but I think there's enough track record there that if he's got a clean bill of health you know I think it's definitely worth uh, kicking the tires on him again and I believe that deal also had a did that deal have a club option in it? I believe it did. Yeah. So yep. that's a pretty good. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good outcome uh, for him. It was pretty much a lost season. You know, 2022 for Matsik I mean, he, he, you know, he was basically pitching mop-up duty, uh, which is a far cry from where he was a year before, uh, a year prior. So pretty interesting there. Mike Soroka back on a one-year deal. No surprise in there. They avoided arbitration with him. I got a lot of questions on social media about Soroka, thinking, thinking that the Braves might not tender him. And, you know, the thing I kept coming back to was just, you know, they've carried him this far and he's finally got back on the uh, you know he finally got back on the mound you're not going to non-tender him at this point but was any either of those uh, either of those signings surprising to you
2: I was curious to see what they would do with Matcic I thought the the nice thing to do is definitely to tender him a contract and let him rehab this year and obviously when you do that you you give yourself you know extra value on the back end and they did that they get you know 2020 20, uh 4 really cheap and then I think they have an option for 2025 as well so you know they they did what you're supposed to do you pay for the recovery year and then you give yourself value on the back end the same thing they did with Kirby Yates so that was good to see I thought there was a chance if money got tight enough that they might non-tender Matzik you know you never really know where they are in terms of their budget and what they what else they want to do so I, I thought if money got tight the Matzik potentially be a a victim of you know a numbers game but it was good to see you know Matzik pretty much gave his you know his left arm for a Braves World Series in in 2021 and so you know even if he's never the same guy again um, what he gave this city and this organization he deserves a chance to to try to come back and and be the guy he was or at least a little bit of the guy he was and you know he was hurt all of last year I, I have a feeling I don't think he was ever really fully healthy and um, so, you know, he'll get all of next year to recover and then we'll see what he looks like in 2024, but he's got guaranteed money. You know, he's, he's made, you know, millions of dollars now in his professional career. And so that's good for him, man. That's, I'm incredibly happy for him. I'll never forget the games he pitched, you know, in that world series run and especially against the Dodgers. I mean it was just literally lifetime memories that he provided. So it's absolutely worth it. I'm always happy to see the Braves do the right thing. Um, uh, let's Sirocco up? Yeah, I mean, once he got to AAA, you know, and like you said, they've carried him this far, and he, you know, he got to AAA last year, so they were always going to see what he was going to be able to provide. You don't non-tender him at this point. I mean, if he'd had another setback or you know wasn't pitching well at any point, then maybe. But once he got to AAA, yeah, you were always going to give him a contract, and it ended up being the same value as what he was projected to get in arbitration. So it made a lot of sense, and and again, money wasn't so tight that they they weren't able to do it for both of these
1: guys yeah this will be an interesting season for Soroka. You know it could be a different story at this point next year, depending on how his season goes so you know it's it's just good to have him back in the mix though I mean because after after these two seasons it's just just brutal you know the for with everything that's happened to him, so you know hopefully he can bounce back in a full off season and a normal healthy off season you know he we can see some of that promise that we saw before his injury bray's non tendered guys. I don't think there was any surprise in here. I guess, well, I guess Guillermo Heredia was the biggest surprise of the group. Silvino Bracho, Jackson Stevens, Alan Rangel, and Brooks Wilson. Alan Rangel and Brooks Wilson weren't arbitration eligible. They re-signed on minor league deals. That was something similar we saw last offseason they did with Jaseel De La Cruz. So, but they've got a couple of spots open on the forty man now, which is important heading into the winter meetings with the Rule Five draft. I don't know if the Braves will be players there, but if you don't, if you've got a full 40, a 40 man, that you you really can't even participate in the in the Rule Five draft. So Jackson Stevens, Heredia, and Bracho were actually de- designated for assignment before uh, before the non tender deadline. So that they they being included was uh, no surprise. But uh, you know, we did get a little a bit of news right before we. Uh, started recording tonight or it looks like guillermo radio is headed to the kbo uh, and he's going to get a deal the report is in around a million dollars so good for him it'd be good to see him you know go somewhere and get a chance to play but it's going to be it's going to be different not having him around because uh you know he's been a staple on the broadcast every time they hit a home run or anything big happens you know uh, so it's going to be different without guillermo next year
2: Gonna have to put the uh Gotta put the pink swords right up there next to the uh, panda panda head, you know, for retired Braves props. But um, that w- that was sad. I was actually pretty sad to see him go. I thought they might actually resign him on a on a minor league deal just to get him back in spring training. But you know, good for him. He got from reports at least he got paid to to go play in the KBO. You know, I mean that's what you you know you you got family, you got people, you gotta take care of. So. It's never surprising when a guy goes and plays overseas, if they're going to get a little bit of money to do so. So good for him. I'm happy for him. Definitely miss him. Um, I'm actually writing or I've written the, the season interview for Guillermo today. I was writing it and it was funny because with his on-field contributions, he's not really somebody you would ever think about in terms of what they're gonna contribute next year because he, he he really provided so very little on the field last year, but he was so incredibly vital off the field and in, in clubhouse morale and dugout energy and, you know, just general camaraderie on the team. It was he was he was a, a vital part of it. So I am gonna miss him. I'm gonna miss the the shenanigans and the hijinks, you know, the the pink swords that are just the most random prop I've ever seen. And it just, it's, it's nightly hilarity. So, uh, but good for him. I'm glad he got a job somewhere else. But yeah, the other guys, I mean, Jackson Stevens, I guess was the kind of the, the minor surprise because he, he was a contributor last year. Uh, But, you know, there was some, there were some, you know, signs kind of later in the year that he was slipping a little bit. And listen, these bullpen guys really do come and go. It's just a, such a volatile position. And, And every year there's new, set of guys who you don't know of before the season that, that contribute and, and then you gotta do it all over again. So nothing I wouldn't say anything shocking in, in the arbitration, but good for Heredia that he went out and got another job so quickly. That's you know, I'm happy to see that.
1: Yeah, and I'd be surprised if the Braves weren't willing to bring him back on a minor league deal, but if you know, if he's getting close to a million dollars, you can see why yeah. he's gonna take that opportunity rather than uh signing a minor league deal back here. With what figures probably to be a crowded outfield situation, we don't know yet. We don't know what it'll look like it, by the time spring training starts, but I expect there to be ample competition out there. So, an addition of Sam Hilliard also um, kind of made it look like the writing might have been on the wall a little bit. The Braves did t- tender Max Freed, AJ Minter, and Dennis Santana offers, so they'll be they'll be headed to arbitration. Team and player can continue to. Uh, negotiate and can come to a deal at any time. The Braves have famously been a file and trial team. So once, uh, once the, uh, are exchanged, I believe that date's January 13th. That sounds right. Somewhere around in there. Once they exchange offers, the Braves have typically been hands off and let it go to arbitration at that point. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see if they get a deal done early with, uh, with any of these guys. You know, obviously uh, there's been a lot of speculation about a long-term deal for Freed, but, you know, Minter played a, a vital part last season uh, and I think it was one of the more, one of the better relievers in the league last year and just didn't have the saves to get noticed enough. Santana, of course, they just acquired from the Rangers. Uh, so, you know, uh, just there are three guys that we'll, we'll continue to follow and uh, we'll have to see if they get a deal done. You know, obviously
2: Max is the interesting one. Max is uh, Max and Dansby, you know, for the last year or so have kind of been the two names talked about with extensions just because of, you know, how close they're getting to, to free agency and obviously Dansby's already there. So, but Max is interesting because Max is the is the union rep for the team and, you know, I've seen it kind of speculated that he would be less likely to take one of these kind of really team-friendly deals based on the fact that he's a union rep and, you know, the the union obviously is not a big fan of those those type of deals they want players to go out and and max out their value so they push the you know the envelope forward for the next generation of players and you know I wouldn't be surprised if max you know I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves have approached max about a deal and and he's turned down you know they're always going to offer those really team friendly deals first and um, I don't think it's a coincidence that Max is the union rep for the team, and, and he hasn't he's been one of the few guys that hasn't signed one of those really team friendly deals. So that's going to be interesting. I, I really would not be surprised if Max ended up making it all the way to free agency, um, but we'll see. There's, we we still got time for that. That's still I think a couple of years down the road. So, um, but yeah, he's the obvious guy, and then Mentor has been a monster. So um, we'll see if they can get deals done.
1: All right, we're going to go to break right here. And when we come back, we'll do a, a mailbag segment.
3: Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels. But now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in
1: All right, we sent out the call for the mailbag this week. Uh, Again, appreciate everybody that took the time to send us in a question. I know it's Thanksgiving week, baseball is the furthest thing from a lot of people's mind, but we do appreciate the interaction with you guys. Uh, So, Stephen, I know we're doing this a little different tonight. I actually have questions myself, so we're going to alternate these things out. I'll ask you one, you ask me one, and then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll both kind of chime in on, on everything here. But I thought these three were the three I have right here are, are pretty interesting. So, but the first one, uh, says, uh, what does Andrew Benintendi's market look like? I feel like his left-handed con- contact bat would be an ideal fit for a power heavy lineup. I picked this one out because I know Benintendi was one of your favorite topics during the lead up to the trade deadline and ended up going to the Yankees here. So, you know, what do you think about a potential acquisition of a guy like Benintendi?
2: I liked Benintendi all year. I really felt like because he was a rental and wasn't going to cost a lot, that, you know, it was going to be kind of a transaction that, that Alex could pull off in the same vein as like a, a Solaire or DeVal from the year before. It felt like a similar transaction. So, you know, I don't know how much he fits on this current roster. It would depend a lot on Rosario. Um, what are they going to do with Rosario? We don't really still have an answer to that. The assumption has been that Rosario is going to be on the team next year. Technically, that's not a certainty. You know, they could try to move him or some of his money. If they liked another left-handed better. If, if they moved Rosario, then yeah. Ben makes a ton of sense. You know, add another left-hander to the lineup, get a little more contact. He's a different type of hitter than what they typically have in the lineup, and that can be a good thing and a bad thing. There's actually some research on that about is it better to have different types of hitters like that, or is it better to stack up similar hitters? And you know, it kind of of goes both ways. But Benintendi is definitely a guy that I would be interested in if they could clear Rosari. I don't know how much. Rosario and Benatendi together on the same roster makes sense, you know, because obviously right field and center field are, are covered. So you're talking about left field now, and if you send if you sign Benatendi, it's not going to be a dirt cheap contract. He's going to get real money. So I, I would think you would sign him to play every day, or at least close to every day. And then you know, what do you do with Rosario? He's making nine million next year. Do you do you really just want that sitting on the bench? So. That would be my only question is is what happens to Rosario but if Rosario's not around if it's if they do move him or some of his money then yeah I'm all about Benettendi. i I've always liked him I think he's a I think he's a more of a definitely more of a contact hitter he doesn't strike out nearly as much as a lot of the roster does and i I do like getting a little bit less swing and miss in the lineup but the first step would be clearing Rosario or him or his money in some way.
1: I agree with all that. And I mean, that's when I, anytime anybody suggests an outfielder, the first thing I look is if they're left handed, then to me, they don't fit on this current roster just because of who's there. Now, obviously, things can change with uh, if you just cleared out Marcel Azuna, perhaps Eddie Rosario could be the DH, the primary DH, you know, and then there would be room maybe for Ben Attendee. But that's still a lot of lefty lefty hitters there. So, but I, I'm like you, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't hate it at all if, uh, if, some, if the current outfield look changes between now and that signing. So uh, I think that it just it's a hard fit if you're uh, trying to piece him in with Rosario already in left field too. So, uh, But that's a good question.
2: All right, so we got a little bit of a rumor over the weekend, or actually last night. It wasn't even the weekend. It was last night. But it was from a, a pretty legitimate source, uh, Joe Doyle, who wr- uh, writes for Prospect Live and was previously with Lookout Landing and has, has had real connections with the Mariners for a lot of years and, and really knows their players and, and, and does have connections in the north in the northeast or the northwest. So I'm I saw this and I, I typically ignore most rumors, but this one caught my eye because I thought the source was pretty good. But Joe Doyle uh, did say uh, last night that according to his sources, the Braves and the Twins are two teams that have shown interest in Mitch Haniger. I think it was you, Chris, who brought up maybe for the first time, or the first time I had heard about it, about the you know the idea of maybe going bigger in left field and smaller at shortstop. And I think Haniger was a name that we bandied about even the night we talked about that. But seeing a, a legitimate source say the Braves do have interest in Mitch Haniger, what what do you think? What do you think about Mitch Haniger playing left field for the Braves next year?
1: I mean, I like that idea, honestly. You know, if that's that would be one of those moves though where I think you're. You know, you're bringing in an everyday guy. You know, he's he's been injury riddled. He's had a lot of injury problems. I don't think he's the strongest defender in the world, uh, but you know, he's been a a solid above league average bat for pretty much his entire career. You know, and I think that would be that would be huge if you could add a guy like that. Again, same thing with the Benintendi question you know you got to figure out how all the pieces fit you know if Marcelo Zuna and Eddie Rosario are both on, on this team then it looks like you know maybe they're getting knocked into a uh, platoon in at the DH and that's an expensive uh, that's an expensive DH spot but you know i think uh, i'd read somewhere else too that Hanniger's had a lot of interest so you know i'm not surprised to see that the Braves were among the teams that's checked in on him uh, you know sign me up cuz i really like him i think there's only one only only question mark in my mind is uh, just the injury history. I mean, he's had some brutal, brutal luck injury wise. We were actually talking about this in our our team Slack before uh, before we started recording. But you know, Haniger's weird. He played 157 games in 2018. He played 157 games in 2021, and then he hasn't played more than 96 in any of the other four seasons that he's been in the major leagues. So, you're getting – there's an injury risk there. But, again, you know, the offense is – the offense is legit. And, uh, you know, I think it would be a a solid addition if they could get to that point.
2: And I tweeted about this when I saw the rumor for the first time. But, you know, there's two parts of Dansby's game that you have to kind of make up for if you don't re-sign him. And, obviously, it's offense and defense. And the offense, I think Haneker would cover pretty easily, you know, especially if you look at what Dansby is – projected to do next year. You know, last year was pretty much a career year for him in every sense of the term. And I think Haniger would cover that pretty easily um, in terms of filling his offensive void if he didn't resign. And then you could potentially just go try to find a, a decent glove at short, right, and to cover the defensive part and, and probably be okay. You know, and, and finding a glove at shortstop is a lot easier than trying to find a, a star player like they might have to do if they don't do anything else. So, um yeah, I like Haniger. There's definitely injury concern, but you know, they have been sort of freak injuries, it's not stuff you typically see. So I don't know how huge a deal it is, but it is yeah, it's a factor for sure. But I have I've always liked Mitch Haniger. I think, I think he's a great player. He's when he's healthy, he can put up a 4 or 5 one season pretty easily. He's got 30 35 40 home run power. Um so you know he's a he's a really good player, and, and he's also been playing all of his pretty much most of his career in one of the worst hit, hitters parks in, in baseball. And so getting him out of that environment and to a place where the ball flies a little better and, and truest, you know, you could see even more production. So I I've, I've said it before, but you know if they wanted to go smaller at shortstop and and go bigger and left, then bring me Mitch Haniger and I'll be just fine.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, you know he'll turn thirty two in December. Uh, so, but you know, I don't, he's not going to sign a, he's probably going to sign a mega deal, uh, but it's not going to be chump change either, you know, and it may yeah. and
2: the the, the contract matters for sure.
1: Right. But, uh, you know, like I said, of the, of some of the ideas that we've seen floated out there, uh, to me, this is one of the more appealing ones, uh, that I've, that I've seen, you know, I think he'd be a solid addition and would fit well in the lineup. So, all right, uh, I've got one more. I've got another question here, um, and, uh, you know, this is another one. It's right up uh, mine in your alley because we've talked about this a lot, but uh, it says if if, uh, if Alex Anthopoulos can't find a taker for Marcelo Azuna during the winter meetings, uh, does he just get cut? Um, so I thought that was an interesting look. Um, you know, I've got my opinion, but I want to hear what you think.
2: If Alex Anthopoulos doesn't find –
1: a taker from Marcelo Zuna at the winter meetings? Does he just get cut?
2: Um, well, I don't know if the winter meetings has any bearing on it. Like, I don't know if he would, you know, if he doesn't find a match in the middle of December, if he would just cut him then and there, or if he would keep trying. I do think Alex, by this point, it has a pretty good idea of what's out there in terms of bad contract swaps or, you know, if there's anybody out there who's willing to take the money if you know if you attach a prospect or you know i think i think by now alex does have a pretty good idea of what the options are and he's you know potentially trying to you know find different ways to improve a an offer or you know sweeten an offer or get creative to figure out a way to get rid of that deal but ultimately i i'm guessing that none of those come to fruition and Alex is going to be left with the option of play him or cut him. And I, maybe it's my, you know, maybe I'm allowing my heart to speak from my head, but I really think they'll just cut him. I can't imagine that they're going to go through another season with Marcelo and on the team. I could be wrong. I mean, it's a lot of money to just cut. Most teams don't do it, but I would just be, I, I, I don't know if shocked is the right word, but I would be very surprised if Marcelo Zuna is on this team come spring training and Alex might spend the entire offseason trying to figure out a way to do it. But you know, when push comes to shove and it's time to either let him back on the team or, or just cut him, I really do think they'll just cut him. Yeah. I, I, I don't really see a team just taking the deal, but I, I do see the Braves getting to the point where they would just rather pay him to play for someone else than pay him to, to play for them so we'll see that's the big that's you know other than Dansby, that's probably the biggest question of the offseason is what to do with Ozuna Rosario left field that whole situation
1: I agree with you I don't think the winter meetings are necessarily the deadline for this honestly and in fact I think it's going to go way way closer to spring training uh, yeah. before they make this move and in fact I mean I'm starting to wonder myself if they can't dump Marcel Ozuna does that cause them to try to dump Rosario? Maybe they're trying to dump both. I don't know. Um, But, you know, I think the thing is with the track record that Rosario's had and the injury he had last year, I think there's more value there. You know, Azuna, again, just forget the the off-the-field stuff for a minute. You know, he's back to – you know pretty pretty much underperforming his metrics again and the only season in Atlanta that he didn't do that was 2020 and it was a monster season so maybe you can sell somebody on that but you know when you when you consider the lack of of a defensive ability plus the off the field baggage man it's still in that large contract it's still it's still hard and you know I wonder I think at this point like, I've been predicting his demise now for – or being dropped from the roster since you and I started this podcast. But, you know, I'm almost to the point now where it, it has to become a numbers game where they just don't have they, – they, he just doesn't fit on the roster anymore. So, I'm kind of wondering, he may start – he may be the DH opening day. Uh, but he's getting far enough into that contract now that, you know, if he's not producing again middle of the season – they may just cut him and walk away if they've got better options. But I do wonder. I, I will be, at this point. I will be really, really surprised if Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zunar are both return. You yeah, know, if both of them are on the opening day roster. You know, and I mean, it may look completely different a month from now. But in I am saying this in November, if both of them are on the ro- opening day roster, I am going to be a little bit surprised, just because it just feels like it feels like that's a that's a place they need to dump money. And uh, to do some to do some of the things that they need to do this off season, so it's going to be an interesting thing to watch.
2: The one the one thing I'll add is, I do wonder because I I think that's a really good point that you just made that if they can't dump Ozuna, maybe they try to dump Rosario as kind of a you know some sort of a secondary option. I do wonder if they try to use a guy like Manny Pena who's got some surplus value just because. You know, catcher is such a scarce position in baseball and the Braves have three majorly quality catchers and typically you only use two. I, I have wondered just kind of in my own head if they would try to use somebody's, you know, value like Manny Pena to attach to Rosario to see if they could get a team to take both of them and, and clear the money and. You know, basically using Manny Pena's value to, to move Rosario or get a team who needs a backup catcher to take Rosario's money just because they need Manny Pena. And, you know, I don't know if they'd do it, but I have thought about that. You know, it's so much easier to move a one-year $9 million deal, which is what Rosario has, than, you know, two years and 30 million that Ozuna has. So I think that's a good point. I, I do think they if, if they can't do one, they'll they'll push hard to do the other
1: that's kind of where I'm at with it too. And the more I think about it, like you said, you could probably find somebody to take all of Rosario's salary, even, even as bad as he was last year. So getting him, um, you know, just because it's a one-year deal and in the famous words of Brad Rowland, there is no such thing as a bad one-year deal. Somebody may, may be able to, uh, you know, leverage, I mean, Rosario, if he's, if he's right, we know he's going to hit. Um, yeah, you know, the, just the defense is, the defense is a suspect at times, but you know, it's just moving that Ozuna contracts. Just, it's just proven to be a very tough thing, especially when you consider the off the field stuff.
2: All right, Chris got another question here for you. So, uh, Jay Smith, uh, replied on Twitter and asked with the Marlins drunk dropping Brian Anderson, um, and the Braves having potentially a need for a right-handed, uh, right-handed bat that could play potentially in the corner outfield. Or do you have any interest in Brian Anderson for the 2023 Braves?
1: Well, it's definitely an, in- an interesting name, and that was one of the things I saw. I thought about when he uh, when he first uh, was non-tendered. You know, when the news came out that the Marlins were going to non-tender him. There's some injury issues there too, and I believe it might have been his shoulder which kind of gives you a little bit of pause, you know, for anybody. Uh, The thing I was surprised about, like I I looked into him a little bit. And, um, you know, when I was thinking Eddie Rosario in left field and then having a right-handed compliment to him because Anderson's played some corner outfield, he's played on the infield, but he's got reverse splits for his career which is was a little surprising to me. He's hit right-handers better than he's hit left-handers. I don't know if that matters that much. He's 112, weighted runs created plus uh, against righties, 93 against lefties. You know, I like the idea of it because he could, he could play uh, left, he could play right, he could play third, he's played some second base. You know, so you kind of cross a couple of things off the list with a guy like that. It's, it'd be interesting to see if he just tries to – if he might try to take a short deal with a team that he knows he can play every day to try to show he's healthy and, uh, you know, recoup some of his value. But, uh, you know, I like him. That's one of those that, you know, I would love to see him in the mix. You know, and especially I think his presence would allow them to get a little more flexible with their lineup, not necessarily penciling in those infield guys every single day. And, you know, if you could dump a Zuna you know, using that DH like you and I have talked about before uh, as a, as a means to get guys off, off their feet, you know, and give them a kind of give them a day off without giving out taking them out of the lineup. And I think a guy like Anderson would, would really help that. So, you know, it'd be interesting. Uh, You know, I'd probably, I'd probably be happy if uh, you know, if the news came out and they had signed him. Yeah. And it would be
2: cheap. I mean, it'd be, I can't imagine it would, you know, a guy just got non-tendered by the Marlins. So, can't imagine to be that expensive. And, and I agree with you. I, the, the, the thought of him being able to play third base and first base a little bit, you know, to give Riley and Olson a day off here and there is almost as appealing to me as his ability to play in the outfield. So um, I would love that. I would love that sign. Assuming it's for, a you know, a normal amount of money and not something crazy, then, yeah, sign me up. All right,
1: Um. right. Let's go. Let's take another ad break right here, and then we'll come back and finish this mailbag segment up.
0: Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N 29.com.
1: All right, I got one more question for you, and I think this was the best one. Assuming there are no further changes to the roster, which position has will have more war in 2023? shortstop with Vaughn Grissom and Orlando Arcia, or left field with Eddie Rosario and Marcelo Zuna?
2: Hmm. Which position will have more war? Well, shortstop, just off the positional value, gets a head start, just because it's the more valuable position, and DH and left field both get actually get a, a penalty, because they're two of the least valuable positions, so you know, even if you're dealing with equal players and equal talent, you would probably just pick shortstop just based off the positional value. Um in this scenario, I, I think Grissom and Arcia have a better chance just because I think they're more talented than Rosario and Ozuna. I have no hope for Ozuna. I'm I'm not holding on to any I know he's got some batted ball data that, you know, keeps people warm and fuzzy at night, but I, I'm I don't he's always had that. Right. He's that's been a staple of his he's underperformed his metrics basically every year of his career, except for 60 games in 2020. Mm. I'm just not I'm done kind of uh, relying on that. So um, then Rosario, you know, even if he's good, he's so bad defensively, he's not going to really do well in war. You know, war is very much a, um, you know, uh, it, it, you know, covers the entire spectrum of talent, you know base running, defense, offense. So Rosario is not a guy that's going to do well in that, even if he's hitting well. So, you know, if it had been a different stat other than war, then, you know, if you'd done like OPS or something like that, then it might be a closer race. But when we're talking about war, shortstop is just so much more valuable than than left field that I think even if they had bad years, Grissom and Arcia could probably beat uh, Rosario and Ozuna. And if those are the two, if that's the left field and shortstop situation then i'm also going to have some words cuz that would be that would be tough if that's the starting shortstop and starting left field situation come spring training
1: yeah i don't think it will be but it, i thought it was an interesting question and and i've kind of i've kind of gone back and forth like i i agree with you i don't think ozuna's going to ozuna would have to have a monster season to, yeah. to really move the needle and i think rosario is probably capable of a a two win season as a hitter, you know and maybe that's a little that's a little high, but you know one thing i was i was really interested in while you were while you were talking i was looking at i looked at the steamer projections for Arcia and uh Grissom and uh, they are very still you know as, uh, obviously as projections go but they're very high on on the duo for me myself um i mean steamer's got a 1.1 1. 1 war projection for uh, Arcia and a 101 weighted runs created plus, which is notable because the only season he's ever had uh, a weighted runs created plus of more than a hundred was this season in 2022. Yeah. And he's only had one season where he had more war. And that was in 2017 with Milwaukee when he had two. And most of that was defensive value. So, um, but they're very high on Grissom and they uh, very, you know, very high, very, very high. high on Grissom. And uh, you know, it makes high. me, it makes me wonder, you know, like I said, I've, I've kind of been the low man on the side on Grissom, but it makes me wonder now that maybe I'm overlooking something a little bit, but uh, you know, they're a steamers projecting a two and a half win season for, for Vaughn Grissom. And that's was solid, uh, pretty solid defensive number um, there too. So uh, you know, Brace can get that, uh, 111 weighted runs created plus, which would be slightly below what he did this season. You know, I wonder if he can get there with the some of the batted ball metrics. Uh, but, you know, the thing you like about him really is is the lack of strikeouts. And it's the same thing going back to the Benintendi question. You know, it's it wouldn't be the worst thing to have a batter that to, to cut some of this swing and miss out, out of the lineup. So, you know, I think that's one of the appealing things. If if it it does end up being Grissom at some point, um, you know that's one of the things because it doesn't look like he's gonna he's gonna have that swing and miss in his game quite as much as. Uh, as what, uh, what Dansby does and, and some of the rest of the lineup options. So I agree with you. I think it'd be shortstop, and mostly just because I think Eddie Rosario is capable of a bounce back, but I just think Ozuna is going to drag that down. And I'll be honest, if he sees any time in left field, I'm like you. I'm going to have words because I think we've seen enough of that that they've got a full offseason here, and and to to be able to prevent that from happening, even if, even if there's an injury. Uh, they should be able to be stocked up enough where they don't have to. They don't have to turn to Marcel Zuna in left field.
2: Yeah, the steamer stuff for Grissom and Arcia is kind of wild. Honestly, I, I, I'm, you know, projection systems are are very useful tools. We use I use them all the time, so they're never to be just completely discounted. But I would definitely take the under on both Arcia and Grissom's uh steamer projection but you know that's why we use them because they're more objective than we are they don't have biases you know and and so they are valuable tools but i i know i looked at those as well and and uh, it was an eyebrow razor for sure all right chris i got one more question for you as well and then we'll get out of here um so we've talked a lot about what could happen but i don't think we've actually predicted what will happen and Benjamin asked us to actually give a prediction as to what will happen in both shortstop and left field in 2023, or if you don't think anything will happen in those positions, what will be done instead of making changes for shortstop and left field. So this is not what you think could happen, but this is what you, this is your prediction. What will, what do you think will happen for shortstop in left field in 2023?
1: That's a great question. Um, I've been here all year, all the whole off season. And I mean, I should know better because I was in the same position last year and we know how that one turned out, but I've still been of the mind that Dan's coming back that they're going to find, they're going to find common ground there. And, and the Braves you just are going to go that route. And, um, I'm not as strong as I probably was a couple of weeks ago, uh, but I'm still there right now. Uh, I may not be in another month or so, but, uh, Right now, that's where I'm leaning. I still think that there, if Eddie Rosario is still on the team, um, I think it, well, if they sign Dansby, I feel like they're probably going to look for a right-handed compliment to go along with Rosario. Um, obviously, if Rosario is not on, still on the team, then you know maybe they can they can get some. I don't know that they would have the budget room to get a Mitch Haniger at that point, so they may be looking they may be looking for a, a cheaper solution out there, to, uh, somebody that could play every day, but. That's where I'm at still right now. I think if I had to pick today, I would say Dansby's coming back to play short, and then they'll find a right-handed guy, bat, to go with uh, Rosario and left, whether that's Adam Duvall, Robbie Grossman, or somebody else that I'm not thinking about. I think Duvall actually makes a lot of sense just because he's his ability to play all three outfield spots defensively. You know, I think that's that would that would work. I think the trick is, is just not running him out there every single day. This is,
2: I hate, I hate kind of being put on the spot because I do, my even my own brain doesn't like committing to stuff too early. But if I had to put a prediction right now on paper, I don't think the Braves sign Dansby. I think his price tag is going to get, I think it already is too rich for what they want to pay. I think they want to, I think they want to be in like the seventeen, eighteen, nineteen million dollar year at the most, and I think he's gonna probably end up commanding twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. So. Just like Freddie last year, I think they'll get to a point where they just don't want to pay it. I think they will swivel to left field. I think Mitch Hanager will be the left fielder next year. Um, I think they will then move to just signing some sort of or trading for some sort of glove, you know, some sort of solid veteran at short. Uh, you know, a med Rosario type guy or, you know, Elvis Andrews, somebody not gonna be too expensive. I think they'll use Hanager as their their big time acquisition to the lineup and then go pretty small at shortstop and, and maybe sign a, you know, another outfielder if they end up moving Rosario, which I think they could. But um, that's it. I don't, I, I, I don't see them signing any of the big four shortstops and, and going bigger in left field like we talked about a couple of weeks ago. So that is my prediction as we sit here on what november 22nd and that will surely be wrong so we'll probably do more predictions you know when the Giants sign mitch Haniger or something so um, but yeah that's
1: all i got chris yeah that's a good thing about uh being in control of the of the show we can always come back and do our own predictions again later and pretend yep. this one never happened you know those I'm are sure, just our
2: november predictions yeah
1: i'm sure you know everybody's gonna have the receipt still but you know we can do what we want as far as that goes but you know i'm i'm Getting closer to to what you're thinking, and, and what I think I think what's happening now is you're starting to see a lot of these teams that are losing these big big name shortstops starting to circle on Dansby, and that's yeah. probably not a good thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I've I have said all along. I think you're right. I think uh, I think that twenty two million per season that's kind of a, where they've kind of put their stick in the ground, so uh, so to speak. So I do wonder. I feel like if he does come back, um, you know, maybe he has to leave a little money on the table and, uh, you know, and obviously, you know, that was kind of the case. I think, well, not really, it really wasn't the same situation for Freddie. Uh, but you know, that's what, you know, and talking about free agent history with the Braves, you know, Chipper Jones famously did that a couple of times throughout his, uh, his tenure here. So, um, you know, it's a different time, different era, um, different players' association, so we'll have to see how it how it plays out. But uh, you know, if they if they do have to pivot, uh, I think th- I think the way you laid it out was uh, was would, would be a good option, uh, especially if you can add a guy like Elvis Andrus or or Rosario and keep um, keep Orlando Arcia kind of as the utility guy, and and then you you know play play Grissom at at Gwinnett and try to figure out what you've got there and whether, if he can handle the position, um, you know, and then you can in, in next off season, you can, you can be in the same, you'll have a better idea of which way to go from that point. So I think that's good, but I think that's uh that's going to wrap us up today. You know, we hope every one of you has a good Thanksgiving uh, holiday and uh, a good rest of the week. Uh, we we'll, we'll be, should be back next week. I think. That's all I've got. You got anything else you want to plug, uh, Stephen?
2: Nope. Everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. Go enjoy some family time or some food time or football or basketball or whatever it is you do on Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, go have a good one. I think I, I, I'm around next week, so I think we should be back next week. But um, we'll have some content on the site one way or the other, whether it's us or one of the other shows. Obviously, we've got Brad and Scott and we've got Sean So we've got plenty of plenty of content on the network coming. So make sure to follow along, subscribe, tell your friends, check out the site and happy Thanksgiving.